There are many mysterious places in Scotland. The weather invites it, really. Dark clouds, fuzzy grey rain creeps over the tops of bends and lingers along locks. That's mountains and lakes to outsiders. But just beyond Scotland's mainland, to the north, is an archipelago of nearly 70 little islands. Collected together, they are Orkney. Only 20 or so of these islands are inhabited, but even where people have settled for thousands of years, there are still many mysteries. As puffins flap with a toddler's effort above rocky shores and the blue glittering waves of inland locks, the sheep diet on seaweed. Nearby, a natural mound on a bit of farmland looks like a lump of sugar. It doesn't really look like much, but underneath there is a chamber over 5,000 years old. The Maze Howe Chamber on Orkney is a monumental mystery. Around this mound, many legends and treasures have passed through its subterranean complex. It is a marvel of the northern world and is older than the pyramids of Egypt. Like those desert tombs, these structures have been excavated and open to visitors. But unlike the sarcophagi of the pharaohs found under those great pyramids, no bones or archaeological treasures have been found. Maze Howe still holds many mysteries. But one thing is for sure, it was built with genius and beauty. All you have to do is stand in it during the pale light of the winter solstice and see what is brilliantly revealed. This is Secret Passages, a podcast about the hidden histories and strange stories that lurk in the dark places of the world. I am E.S. Rodenbiker. The Maze Howe Chamber is an example of the great strides early people made in constructing places to shelter. The New Stone Age, or Neolithic period, saw advancements in social habits like tending to the land with animals and tools, and settling down in one place. The mound at Maze Howe is naturally occurring, but everything under its surface is thanks to the ancestors of the first people of these islands. The best guess of the very first structure here was a great house, and although not much is known about these first people, we can look closely at what they built. Hundreds of generations passed by and went on. New cultures found Orkney. The earliest recorded stories of Maze Howe are thanks to the sagas of Iceland. By the 800s, the Viking Age had made its mark on Orkney. For centuries, Norse lords and seafarers raided and settled the Western Isles, Ireland, and the north of England. Orkney itself was part of Norway for hundreds of years, until the 1400s, 
when it was absorbed as part of a dowry gift for the King of Scotland. The Orkninga Saga, a chapter in the famous stories of the Icelandic sagas, tells of how Harald Fairhair took control of Orkney in the year 875. These tales of the northern world tell of a mythical past and its conquering kings. We hear about the heroic adventures of Eric Bloodaxe, Sigurd the Mighty, and Thorfinn Skullsplitter. Already 3,000 years old by the time of the Vikings, there is speculation that any bones or treasures contained within Maze Howe's dark chambers were confiscated or destroyed for other uses. It's sort of like an early example of gentrification. The Vikings must have stumbled upon this mound and saw real promise, a sort of fixer-upper, complete with scandy minimalism and charming exposed stonework. One story from the Orkninga saga tells how Vikings used Maze Howe. It was Yuletide, year 1152. The Nordic Sea was choppy and dangerous, forcing the island lord Harald Madison to beach near Maze Howe. The weather did not relent, and the blizzard conditions engulfed Harald and his crew in the underground chambers. The saga tells how two men went mad down deep in the mound. What they did, we do not know, but one can imagine a sort of The Shining holed up in a creepy snowbound hotel, mixed with a typical Christmas with your family. Of course, it is possible the Vikings at Maze Howe were visited by the strange creature that is said to watch over the mound. Another story in the Orkninga saga tells of a fairy that lingers around Maze Howe. The Hogboon was the kind of folktale that was part of daily Orcadian life up until the early 1900s. Parents kept children in line with threats about the Hogboon, but then so did old farmers diligently pour out their first fruits of the harvest, or first brew of beer, over the top of the mound to keep this little fairy figure satisfied. During Christmas, Orcadians kept their doors unlocked to let the hog boon in for a poke in the pantry. Many an anecdote was shared with gossiping neighbors about the scurry of footsteps heard the night before. Because if a family failed to pay homage to the hog boon, their lives were made miserable, and it could explain a whole lot of problems that beset the Orcadians. Perhaps some were driven to madness, like a bunch of Vikings stuck in a blizzard deep under the earth. In 1861, James Farrer, a member of the Society of Antiquaries of Scotland and the Conservative MP for South Durham, excavated the chambers at Maze Howe. He was a treasure seeker, looking only for objects that he could bring back for display in the museums of Edinburgh. Local Orcadians related stories of the hog boon to Ferrer, but he ignored their warnings and tunneled straight down into the chamber from the top of the mound. He was hoping for a Viking treasure, 
or the bones of a great island lord. He found nothing of the sort. His notes from the dig only mention the Hogboon folktale and an empty chamber. He missed so much. The original entrance to Maze Howe is a long, single-file passageway at ground level of the mound. It stretches 48 feet long, held up by stone slabs, like some ancient trench leading to the Earth's core. But the passage is only four and a half feet tall, meaning that for some 50 feet, you must walk bent over, forcing a bow as you walk to the mound's hidden chamber. This posture may be on purpose to pay homage to the ancient spirits of this 5,000-year-old room. A stone door blocks the central chamber, but so well-balanced it is in its groove that the heavy rock is easily rolled aside. Inside, the space opens up to a 15-foot-tall central chamber with three cell rooms on each side. It is dark and grand, surrounded by cascading stone slabs. What the treasure hunter James Farr missed, the real magic of Maze Howe, comes during the three weeks of the winter solstice. For when the light of the sun moves to the darkest day, that is when Maze Howe comes alive. The long stone entrance doubles as an astronomical projector. As the sun sets during the solstice, it aligns perfectly with the tunnel entrance, filling the chamber's opposite wall with brilliant, pale midwinter light. Now with an illuminated chamber, the real treasures are revealed. There are ruins, or the letters of the Neolithic and Norse people, dating back a thousand years. These twig-like letters are the largest collection of runic inscriptions outside of Scandinavian countries. Some confirm the mythical tales in the Icelandic sagas, and others may well just be called men's room graffiti. There are tales of treasure being carried away by Vikings, there is a sketched drawing of a maze how dragon, winged, scaly, and elegantly posed like a royal lion. One inscription boasts of how a 200-year-old famous battle axe was used to make the mark in the wall. It reads, These runes were carved by the man most skilled in runes in the Western Ocean, with the axe which belonged to Gauker Chandelson in the south of Iceland. This refers to a story told in the Icelandic sagas of a famous battle that changed the power structure in the Nordic world. Its significance is as if it were carved by Excalibur, or a famous national treasure, maybe even Thor's hammer. Then there are the ruins of the famous Viking dwellers these runes confirm the tales of the Orkninga saga 
about Vikings holed up during a blizzard in Christmas 1152. But then there are others, a surprising amount really, that sound a lot like the writings you'd find on a high school bathroom wall or a roadside rest stop. They carved their names, Thorir was here, Trichir carved these. And of course, there are boasts of personal attributes, including how tall they are, Thorfir Kolbnesen carved these high up, or the pretty ladies they know, Inga Bjork is a fair widow. One essentially brags about their sexual prowess. I could include the translation, but it may be best just to imagine it yourself. Or just go wander down to your local Subway sandwich shop and have a look inside the men's room. Some things never change. When the light of the midwinter sun recedes, the chamber goes dark again. But it also means that the longer days of sun are soon on their way. By stooping down through the long earthen trench, past the heavy stone door, and away from the ancient runic tree letters, there is a haunting feeling of reliving the sagas and following the island's ancestors some 5,000 years before. Maybe they too saw the mysteries of Orkney, where the puffins fly and old cultures blend with the new like waves receding in the sand, and decided to do something that lasts. So they built a place to shelter away from the Christmas winds and the dark days, to share sagas, draw dragons, and boast of their great deeds. So maybe May's How is not a great mystery. It shines a brilliant light on all of us. Secret Passages is researched, written, and produced by me, E.S. Rodenbiker. If you are enjoying these episodes, please rate and review on Apple Podcasts. It truly helps. And subscribe on Spotify, Apple, or however you listen to podcasts. If you have a Secret Passages story to tell, please let me know so I can look into it for a future episode. You can get in contact with me at secretpassagespodcast.com or on social media at secret.passages.pod. If you are really enjoying this podcast, consider contributing as a patron and get yourself a coffee mug or a very special long sleeve tea. They're pretty cool. Thanks for listening and see you on the other side.